You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 118. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to a sexy Saturday edition of the Give Me Five podcast. A semi-entertaining time. Yes, it is. It is a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. Let me pause. <laughs> we, we can just start over. How about that? We will. Hang on one second. All right. You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 118. To a sexy Saturday edition of the Give Me Five podcast. It's sexy time. It is. It's a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, and music. My name is Jimmy, and I am joined, as always, by Rob. What's up? And, as sometimes, by Kerwin. Hello again. No, 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 no. He is the Kerwindigo. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry, sir. The Kerwindigo has joined us once again. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday evening with us, Kerwin. I really appreciate it. Uh, Greg is not going to be joining us today as he is busy doing something that nobody cares about. He's probably (laughs) masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) oh man you know i wasn't gonna say it he's got a house full of people that's just awkward just makes it more exciting that in front of all those people (laughs) probably the hell is wrong with you greg Uh, he won't listen to this anyway so we can say whatever we want (laughs) guys this week we have got a very very special review of a movie i think we all enjoy and that is event horizon Absolutely. The 1997 sci-fi horror classic. And Rob, I believe you have a couple of topics as well, sir. I do. Um, I have completely finished the new Netflix release, October Faction. All right. Can't I have, wait to hear about it. I have also, I I have also had an opportunity to see some gameplay which caused me to then go ahead and buy the game okay um i saw the gameplay for zombie army 4 dead war i believe that's what it's called i'd have to it's it's got like a long ridiculous title and i'll probably i probably got it wrong but that's okay i am very very excited uh about this one um so i look forward to your review We will discuss. So, guys, as always, this is, in fact, a review show. There's probably going to be spoilers. I was going to say, if we're spoiling Event Horizon, shame on you. You should have seen it by now. Yeah. (laughs) However, October Faction, we may spoil some stuff there. But if we are talking about something you haven't read, listened to, or seen yet, please use your own discretion. 
Come back a little bit later. Check us out. Do we have any special stories for today, Jimmy or Kerwin? I have no any Kerwin? news. <clears throat> no special stories, sir. Kerwin, how many hamburgers have you eaten in the past couple of weeks? I'd have no idea. <laughs> I lost count at 67. Uh, <laughs> it's probably up there with uh, Papa John's number of pizzas that he had that one month. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, that's funny. You were like, uh, hang on, I'm making a burger. <laughs> it's like, again? <laughs> well, you know, it comes in like a four pack or a six pack of burgers. You gotta, you gotta eat them all at some point. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, this segment is not sponsored by Petty's Meats, but, sir, is that where you got your hamburgers? Usually, but not this time. I didn't get a chance to ah. get out there. Okay, Petty's Meat Market. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're local to the area, check them out. Yeah. Get their jalapeno cheddar little... sausages and their sriracha potato salad. Now, I've had both of those, and they are delicious. Yes. Uh, I've got a little bit of... Uh, some news here. Um, and I do have one news item as well, but go ahead with yours. I will. Uh, yeah, I will. And that is um, <laughs> based on some uh, scientific information, the study on the science of the golden ratio of beauty, the most handsome person in the world. Sorry, the most handsome man in the world is Robert Pattinson. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm oh, stick a so, fork in my eye. Oh man, you were not excited about the new Batman, sir. I was not. Mm. I was not. I, man, I I got to tell you, the lighthouse. He was fantastic. I yeah. can see it. And oh, he's, I, he's I, done a lot of like indie roles that that apparently, and I haven't seen them, but I, this is what I, just what I've read um, that really shows some mm-hmm. pretty good acting range. And yeah. he was very good in the lighthouse. Yeah, I'm not saying that his that his acting chops haven't increased dramatically since the Twilight days. I mm-hmm. am saying that to me, he does not he does not fit the Batman role. Is he more of a Batman than Ben Affleck, though? No, no. I I see him as more of a Flash. Is it just because of his size? Partly, partly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I talked to, I talked about this in one of the other episodes, I think, where we were talking about the Witcher, listening to Henry Cavill do oh. the voice of the Witcher. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap, he should have been Batman because that is the Batman voice I want. Not the gravelly one that Christian Bale did. That was like, I'm not wearing all you What were you saying, sir? Uh, I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead. No, it's just the, Henry Cavill as the Witcher is the Batman that I would have wanted. But they cast yeah. him as Superman. Well, mm-hmm. if they cast him as Batman, they'd have to get someone even bigger than him to play Superman. He's a big dude. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's a, yeah, he, uh, he beat out Henry Cavill, actually, who was um, – <laughs> <he's, laughs> Henry Cavill followed up. Robert Pattinson, and then there was Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, and George Clooney uh, rounding out the rest of them. Rob, your news item, sir. What do you have? New new Netflix release that I happened to notice this week. Mm-hmm. Season one of Lock and Key is now available on Netflix. Yeah, I've been pretty excited. They've been 
that's been in like development hell for a while again. Like a lot of yeah. projects. Yeah, it has. It, it kind of snuck out on me. Mm. I didn't realize it was coming out this rec- this soon, basically. Yeah, me either. And I remember reading that it was coming up, and then I just saw it on the queue yesterday. Yeah, and, like, and no, it's a it's, it's based on a graphic novel called Lock and Key, and I'm I'm kind of interested to check it out. Was this Stephen King's son? <laughs> what? What? Did he I, write what? it? I don't. I don't know. I thought Did we he? had talked about that. There's some kind of connection. I don't know. I'll have to check it out um, as we uh, move forward. We'll take a look at that. So you haven't seen it yet? I have not. I started to watch one of the episodes, but mm-hmm. I kind of got distracted and got stopped. So I'll probably go back and watch it at some other point. And Kerwin, you mentioned <laughs> that last next night. Week. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Seen. Okay. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that next week. So um, anything else, gentlemen, before we move on to our WTF of the week? I think I think there's some some good ones this week <laughs> there man there are um now we are moving on to the segment now entitled wtf kerwin if you were unaware of this uh a revelation a couple of weeks ago wtf stands for what welcome to florida yeah welcome to florida of course that's what it stands for and also we are, what the yep. fuck Exactly, because the state of Florida makes us say that all the time. These are stories that make us say WTF from the weird, wild, and sometimes wonderful that is most shaped like a penis. How appropriate. Um, so I've got one this week. I really wanted to uh, report on this um, other one that I had found. What they'll do occasionally is they'll recycle these stories just to push forward how weird this state is but uh the one that i really wanted to talk about we've already covered and that was Mm -hmm. the the case of the gentleman who broke into a man's house uh the man awoke to the intruder sucking his toes Mm -hmm. uh when the man said hey i don't have any money the intruder just said i'm just here to suck some toes ran out of the house stomped on his car and then ran away don't believe that person's been found yet. However, this person uh, in this story may have been that person. Guys, a uh, there was an arrest made in our wonderful state by uh, state troopers. It, uh, it's a drug trafficking <laughs> arrest. And uh, the authorities arrested. Okay, so you've seen this? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Oh, uh, when these two people were arrested, they were found with two cloth bags that read bag full of drugs. Oh, I did hear this. No. <laughs> the, the bag literally says bag full of drugs. Yeah. And it's they're like these novelty bags, you know, um, where you see you can get a wallet with BMF on it you know, bad motherfucker, mm-hmm. or you can get a bag that says like secret bag or something. This one says bag full of drugs and it was full of drugs. The large amount of narcotics were discovered in the car and it seems like a lot. Um, 
<laughs> the deputy's advice to the offenders was do not traffic your illegal narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs. RK9s can read. The troopers seized meth, GHB, cocaine, and MDMA and fentanyl, which is uh, just uh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in that bag. That's a lot of problems. Uh, fentanyl yeah. is especially dangerous, and uh, I, for one, am glad these two fucking idiots are off the streets, and um, hopefully they stay off the streets for a very long time. Yeah. Well, there there are a couple of others as well that oh, um, I'll just I'll just mention in in briefly. There there was a another news story from a day ago that Florida man finds naked intruder in bed. And Man. Basically, he walked into his house, went back out to his car to get groceries, and he said, I walked in the house and I hear voices, you know, just thinking that it's the TV or something. He found out they were coming from his bedroom, and he says, when I opened my door, my stuff is on the floor, and there's just a naked guy sitting on my bed. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Oh, and truly, there is no other way to put it. Did they explain why he was there? Was he like locked? They did not. That's, that's the best part about the story. It's like, hey, naked guy on a bed. It's like, Florida. It happens. Whatever. It's, it's Florida, man. That's all the explanation you need. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, what are you it? kidding me? What is it with our great state that, you know, I, I think that people just don't know what to do in the wintertime There's- when it actually gets cold? Yeah, I think people lose their minds. They there, lose their shit and go lay in other people's beds naked. There is also no blood. A a missing Florida man from okay. Tampa. He has not been seen since he left his family's home, but he believes he's God. Okay, and he's been saying he wants to heal and kill people. Okay. <laughs> so he wants to heal them and then kill them? I'm not sure if he wants to heal people and kill people as like separate groups or if he wants to heal them then kill them. I I maybe the, the new maybe. story is unclear as to what the, what the end goal here is. But well, it could be that he's healing them by killing them. Well, maybe that's true. Mm. Mm. Yeah, another that's, another caveat there. Like this, this death will cleanse you. Yeah, and and send you up to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to send you to me <laughs> because I I'll am see, God. I'll see you upstairs. I'll meet you, I'll meet you up there. All right, hey, come on. <laughs> Take this. I'll meet you upstairs with the naked God. guy. <laughs> so, so and and in our and in our last story mm-hmm. of of Florida man Darwin Awards, um, nobody died in this, so it's okay. But Florida man <laughs> mistakenly pumps gas onto the deck of his boat. I saw that one too. I was like, my what? God, that's so much fuel! Like he- sixty dollars. <laughs> worth of gas he just pumped onto the deck of his boat so he, he stuck he stuck the nozzle into mm-hmm. like a fishing a hole fishing port. pole holder so you know on the side of the boat where they have the fishing yes. pole holders he just stuck the nozzle in there and just started pumping gas onto the boat 
And it's oh. like, really, bro? <laughs> $60 worth before you realize. Jeez. And, and he tried to clean it up, and then it started seeping <laughs> off the deck of the boat onto the ground, <laughs> at which point a, a, uh, a hazmat team, I guess, had to come out and clean the shit up. I'm like, bro. Oh, man. Is that mm. now, is that a total loss mm. or... Does, it's, a, it's a total loss of sixty dollars worth of gas. Well, does <laughs> does the object that's soaked in gasoline eventually become non-flammable? Well, it, it was a boat deck, so I mean, it's it's non-porous. It's not. I mean, it it, it would take mm. a little bit of hosing down and stuff like that. I mean, they probably have to make sure that it that it evaporated. But I I wouldn't imagine that any damage would come to the deck of the boat. As long mm-hmm. as as long as it's all the hard plastic, non-porous stuff. Well, if like two months from down the line somebody dropped a match, would it just? I doubt it. No, if no. they cleaned it off good enough, and there's whatever little bit is left, we evaporate. Yeah, I think I think it would be fine. <laughs> so it sounds like the poop deck got a good swabbing as well. It did. <laughs> um, thank you all, <laughs> gentlemen. I believe that takes us to our first topic. What is our first topic, Jimmy? I don't know, Rob. Um, do we want to save our review for the end? Maybe we should. That sounds did, good to me. Did anybody else happen to catch any of October Faction? You know, every time I sat down to watch it, something happened. Fair enough. My car broke or <clears throat> there were fires at work or, yeah, you know, but... I'll, I'll just let you go because okay. based well, on uh, based on what you told me today, I don't know. Should I? Well, I mean, October Faction, for those who don't know, it's a new series that has been released. It's got a cool on, name. It's yeah. been released on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And f- from the beginning, it seems like it's a less comedic series, kind of like Men in Black. Okay. It's less comedic. The organization is less friendly. Their their goal, the the main organization in the series is called the Presidio. And it's okay. the the show circles around this this husband and wife pair, Fred and Dolores, who are raising two kids and they are agents of the Presidio, and the Presidio's entire goal is to eradicate quote unquote monsters. Now that being all all types of monsters, um, werewolves, vampires, sea creatures, uh, warlocks, which is one of the big ones that that the season one circles around. And at first glance, it seems pretty good, mm-hmm. and I and I did enjoy the story and where they were going with the story. And the the season is probably about ten to twelve episodes long. But okay, about halfway, long. about halfway through, and and you know the 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 parents are trying to have their kids have like a normal life, although they're moving around kind of like army kids, so they move around a lot, so they're not really getting to settle into any one place. Finally, they settle down, but the kids think that the parents do insurance and insurance adjusting and stuff like that, so they always have to like run out to do these these <laughs> emergent adjustments and stuff like that. Okay, and and about halfway excuse, through, I guess. Halfway yeah, because insurance salesmen are known to like have to move around. <laughs> Halfway through the series, the kids uh-huh. find out that their parents are in fact these super, you know, super secret agents who like kill monsters. 
And and it goes completely apeshit from there. And I'm like, my biggest problem with the whole series is the way that the kids are written. Because the kids are written so ridiculously. Mm-hmm. Like, they find out that their parents are super secret agents, and all of a sudden... It's all, oh, my God, you guys lied to us for all of these years. How can we ever trust you? You guys don't deserve anything. Blah, 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 blah. And it's if, like, I can't. And I'm like, bro, really? What if the- I'd be more concerned about there being actual monsters around. Well, yeah. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, I think you're kind of missing the point here, son. You know, I, I monsters I, are real. I, I think. I think you've kind of missed the big one here. It's and but you know they're, they're like, oh, we feel betrayed, blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, we're a little over the top with this whole yeah bullshit. And and I understand why they did it because they did it to drive them away from their parents so that they could then fall in with the warlock, who they've known Ooh. for five minutes, but all of a sudden they trust the warlock more than anybody they've ever known because <laughs> their parents like, lied to them. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the kids are lying to each other. I'm like, you fucking hypocrites. What is going on here? And he's like, no more secrets between us. And 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 he and the the, the boy makes a big deal about, you know, well, you know, a mission is the same thing as lying. You're lying to me by not telling me the whole story. And then mm-hmm. his sister isn't telling him shit and he's not telling his sister shit. And I'm like, you effing hypocrite. What is are you kidding this is ridiculous. And and they fall it and the the kid is just such a douchebag. The <laughs> the brother is yeah. such a douchebag. And I'm like he he totally reminds me of that person that you knew in high school. Greg. The, <laughs> he totally reminds me of that person that you knew in high school that was always saying, "Well, you know, it's not my fault if they can't handle the truth." No, you're just a dick. Yeah. It's not <laughs> It's not that they can't handle the truth. It's that you're a dick. And if everybody keeps telling you you're a dick, it's not that they can't handle the truth. It's just that you're a dick. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I I found the kids to be really, really frustrating. So it's it's not that they're bad actors. They're just. No, 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 absolutely not. It's not that they're bad actors. It's that they're poorly written. And Uh, it's a bummer. And the I, I really liked the first couple of episodes, and I was interested to see where the story was going. But there was a point in probably episodes between like episode six and episode eight or episode ten or something like that, where I was like, "Oh God, I don't know if I can finish this." He's got these kids are so infuriating. Mm. I can't deal with this shit. This is ridiculous. Um, I ended up finishing it. I liked it. I thought it was kind of forced and i think a lot of the writing as far as how the kids reacted and the poor writing is how the how the kids you know behaved and whatnot was mm-hmm. simply to force them where they wanted the story to go and it's right. like well you i mean you probably could have done that a little bit better and not not just been like hey let's just do this this will work whatever nobody will pay attention who gives a shit I, yeah. I I really feel like it suffered from a little bit of bad writing, but all in all, where the story ended up, where this it started off really strong, mm-hmm. and where the story ended up, I I still kind of liked it. I'll check and see what they did with season two. Unlike with some of the other ones that I thought were really poorly written, um, the uh, what was the one that I that I said I won't even watch it. Oh, the order, the order. Oh I was yeah, like, it was so poorly done. I'm like, I'm not even going to watch season two. This is yeah. 
I, I can't do it. Or, uh, yeah, this, uh, our top five question of the week are going to be the top five things that children have ruined, uh, which is everything. Uh, the internet. <laughs> that's unfortunate, man. Uh, you know, Black Summer, uh, had kind of the same fate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that that had a lot of promise to it, and then they got to the kids, and it's just like, what? Kids wouldn't act this way. If if my parents were like, "Hey, Jimmy, we got to tell you something. We're monster hunters." I'd be like, "That's fucking cool. That is awesome." <laughs> when do I get to? When do I start? You gotta teach me. Yeah. When with, do I start? Let's do it. Not like oh, you lied to us. Hey, monsters are real. Cool. Yeah, I knew that. Well, um. Black Sounds Summer like had plenty of other out. issues than the kids. Uh, that whole it series. sure did. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. It had some really <clears> cool, <throat> so many cool things. How I don't mean to turn this into it, but man, what a huge disappointment that was. Yeah, the first so episode so good, and then the second episode was still decent, and then the third one was just garbage, and it was just garbage every episode after that. Yeah, it's like, and they forgot, like, they would do this really cool thing where somebody was running down the street, and they got hit by a car. And the person would run over and check on him, and then it would go back and tell that person's story or something yeah. like that. But then just totally lost it. So um, that's October Faction on Netflix. Uh, Rob, do you know at all if there's going to be a second season, or you said you were going to kind of keep your eye on it? I yeah, I'll probably keep an eye out for it. I don't yeah. know that anything has been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if they didn't. Um, I think it's been pretty popular. Yeah, it but, keeps recommending it to me. Well, it is a Netflix product. Yeah. Well, well also, one of the other ones that I've heard, uh, I've actually been recommended that I'll probably check out at some point is The Stranger. Have you heard anything about that? That's on Netflix as well. I accidentally started watching the first episode. Okay. Um, I left the thing the Netflix, the clicker on it for too long and it started playing it and it starts out really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a naked guy running through the woods. There's a fire and a rave. <laughs> so I was like, cool. All right. Um, so we will see. Uh, I keep getting that confused with the outsider. That is a series in development based off of a Stephen King novel. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, that yeah. one I want to see too. Yes, <clears throat> I need to read that book. Got to read more Stephen King because Stephen King rules. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rob, uh, tell us yes, about uh, what is it? Zombie Army Four, something Zombie like that. Zombie Army Four: Dead War, or something the, like that. The game that I didn't even know there were three of. Yeah, it it was actually just released on the 4th this okay. month, so it just came out this week. Yeah, part 4 on the 4th, yay. And, yeah, exactly. Um, and the you told me to ask my friend that I was playing with what he thought of the game and get his, his impression. Oh, no, no, no. That was uh, another topic. <laughs> that was, and we'll talk about that later. But, but same friend. How did you? Yeah. How same did same you... friend. He's the one that I was playing with. Sure. And his description of it is: Are you familiar with Call of Duty Zombies? Yes, I am. He says it plays a lot like that. Okay, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you if you enjoy Call of Duty Zombies, you'll you'll likely enjoy this. It's it's a third person shooter. And there are some jump scares 
it's it does have at times it's got a it's got a very creepy ambiance to it. Okay. And there's a lot of like zombie moaning and stuff like that and surprise noises and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if you're playing with the headphones on, you know, you it, it may startle you at some points. But as it when it boils down to it, it's it's a zombie shooter and it's got nine levels of campaign storyline that you can actually play cooperatively with a friend. So we we started doing that. It also has other other game modes such as Horde. Okay. And then they also do things like and Horde is basically you just try and survive against wave after wave after wave of zombies. There is a there is an end. You can win you can win the Horde waves, but you I mean it's like 12 waves. I mean, we got to wave 11 before they killed us. And oh, you do not bad. You do run out of yeah, you do run out of ammo, and that's kind of what the problem was, was we just got overwhelmed. No. There were only two of us. We ran out of ammo, and then it was like, well, <laughs> get out your knife. Let's do this. Catching kind of a left for dead kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's enjoyable. Uh, I'll see how long it lasts. We're having fun with it right now. So, you know, we'll we'll see where that goes. And what system did you get that for? I got it for the PS4. And how much is the game? The, well, it depends on what you want because the the game itself is forty nine ninety nine, I believe, and then you can buy the the special edition that's like fifty nine ninety nine, so it's like ten bucks more, but you get like a lot of the DLC content. And okay. then for eighty bucks, the seventy nine ninety nine, you get the you get the season pass. Because they are planning on putting out at least, you know, one season's pass worth of DLC. They've got other DLC that's in the works coming out. They'll have additional boards, additional storyline, stuff like that. So you'll see you'll see a little bit more. Um, there's two additional characters that you get access to in the DLC. Mm-hmm. There's additional weapons you get access to in the DLCs. So, you know, it's, it all depends on what you're willing to spend and what you're interested in in getting. But all in all, I mean, so far the game is fun. Like I said, we sat down and played it for about three hours the other night. And, you know, I I could have played a little bit more, but it was already super late. Hmm. And I'm old, so I went to bed. Yeah. Uh, well, um, man, I, I hadn't... I told myself I was going to hold off and getting a new PlayStation, but with uh, Spider-Man out there and mm-hmm. The Last of Us 2 coming out and probably some Uncharted games I haven't played... Hopefully, um, I'm gonna start keeping my eye out. And uh, didn't don't you have a PlayStation? No, no, I had a PS3. I um, thought we played Rocket League together, didn't we? We play. That's oh, cross. Were you on your? Okay, you were on your Xbox. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just some games on there. I, I really Kerwin said he's gonna let me have his PlayStation when he dies. But he, uh, are you going over there to kill him? <laughs> I'm gonna heal him. <laughs> and then kill him. No, Kerwin doesn't have a PlayStation. I was I was just gonna say, keep in mind that PlayStation 5 comes out is due out at the That's end of the year. That's the thing. That's the so, like and, and PlayStation 5 is supposed to be backward compatible, at least from what I've heard. So okay. all right, well, I'll just wait then. Just wait. But it it is a fun game. If you mm-hmm. like Call of Duty zombies, I'd say check it out. Yeah, that sounds good. I didn't even know there were three of them out. So, uh, I'm assuming you don't have to play the first three. It's just no. an arcade style killing zombies it's, game. It's kill zombies. All right, cool. Well, that's that's all you need to know. That sounds great. 
Um, I like, like I loved the crap out of Dead Rising. Did you ever play Dead Rising? Yeah, that game was ridiculous. Kerwin, did you play that? I, I had nope. a lot of fun with that game. Dead Rising was really and, fun. And it was just a bunch of melee, but it was fun doing all the special zombie kills and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorites may have been the drill bucket. Do you remember the drill bucket? I don't remember the drill bucket. I remember running around with a teddy bear on my head and stuff. Yeah. What, one of the things that you could do was you, you put could, a teddy you bear could, on a zombie's head and they just walk around. Right. Yeah. You, you could combine, you know, stuff in that game. You, mm-hmm. you combine like... Um, like a power drill and a bucket and you would get a drill bucket. And what would happen is, is you would use that as your weapon and you would run up and just slam it on a zombie's head. And then the drills would go and you'd see all the blood pour out the bottom of the bucket. (laughs) And then the zombie would fall over dead. It was hilarious. I loved it. That's amazing. Guys, I think that takes us to our main topic of the evening. Unless uh, Kerwin, did you have something? Um, I did recently start watching Avenue Five. Oh, what is this? It's um this sci-fi show on HBO. It's been released like weekly, so there's only been three episodes, I think, so far. Okay, and it's like they're on like a space cruise, so it's like a cruise ship in space. Okay, so there's like you know tons of people, on, and then um something breaks on it and it throws them off course for like an extra three years. Ooh, and and it's actually a comedy. Oh, all right. And I, I thought so you were going far, somewhere else with it. No, that's that's <laughs> why it's like uh, it, like it sounds like oh man, this is gonna be good, and like oh, it's a comedy, oh and it's yeah, and, and it's and it's like total capitalist type of thing where these guys are just you know what are we gonna do about our linens and our rooms, you know, and, you know, crap like that, and no. and you know the the captain turns out he's like a fake captain, he's just an actor, and <laughs> who was played by um the guy who played House, I forget his name, Hugh Laurie, yeah, Hugh Laurie, yep, yeah, he's like one of the main characters. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, I might, uh, as the aforementioned The Outsider, um, coming to HBO, and I believe there is a, there's also a series in development um, for I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is um, the book by Michelle McNamara, Patton Oswalt's um, um, wife. She passed but her book led to some further investigation that found the golden state killer uh Mm -hmm. that's also coming to hbo so uh this sound like three series that uh it might be worth checking that out again uh since the dumpster fire that was game of thrones is over yeah and i only (laughs) recently signed up on hbo go finally because i wanted to watch watchmen yeah yeah that's right i haven't seen that yet either good yeah. Is that still going? No, it's done. And okay. so far they're not doing another series with it. I at the Got moment it. there's just, you know, one and done. Cool. I'll have to check that out as well. There's a news story that just came through on my feed um that poses some pretty interesting questions. Okay. Um Tesla remotely disabling autopilot on a used Model S after it was sold because the people who sold it didn't pay for the feature. <gasps> so oh, that's, did they die? 
No, no, no. Um, <laughs> like, but, turn well, it off they, mid. Somebody's taking a nap on the interstate. Basically, <laughs> the story is Tesla has remotely disabled driver assistance features on a used Model S after it was sold to a customer. The company now claims that the owner of the car who purchased it from a third-party dealer, a dealer who bought it at an auction held by Tesla itself, did not pay for the features and therefore is not eligible to use them. Mm. So they can, so now, now it's getting to the point where they can just turn, give you access or take away access to features for a vehicle that they've sold you. So are they saying because, because he wasn't the original buyer, he didn't pay for those features? They're saying that the the or, or company that, that like, bought the car at auction from Tesla didn't pay for those features, so they turned it off after the buyer purchased it from the purchaser who purchased it at the auction. Huh. I thought that was just like a standard feature. I didn't realize that was a same here. Pay. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Um to me that makes sense and it doesn't. Um it makes sense, but I think if you Look, if they have the ability to turn it off and you buy a used Tesla, they also have the ability to flash something on your screen. The first time you turn the car on, it says, hey, would you like to enable this feature for nineteen ninety nine a month? Yeah. Um, look, as long as – but I also or, get or it. Or at least to warn you that it's not there. <laughs> yeah, that person could have been like, hell yeah, I'm getting this Tesla at a really good price. And I'm going to have, you know, this auto driving feature and they get it and it doesn't. And then it's kind of like, well, what the fuck? That's what I thought I was paying for. Uh, Look, as long as they're not doing it while you're taking a nap on the interstate, then. Yeah. But at what point then does it become, okay, you've paid for the feature, but you know what? Now it's going to be a monthly charge. And now there's this and now there's that after you've already purchased the car. Um and if you don't like it, screw you because we can do whatever we want because we just access it and turn the hardware off. Yeah. It's our hardware or that's it's our pretty, software. Yeah, that's pretty wild that they can just sort of flip the stuff off and on. Yeah, then the, I mean, they're obviously it, it opens up other, car at all times and they can. Yeah, it, it opens up interesting questions. It does. It opens um, a lot of questions about privacy um, um, and ownership. I mean, if yeah. you. If you buy the vehicle that comes with these features and then they decide that, you know what, now we're going to charge for the features you have to charge for it or we're going to turn it off. Um, And then one of the other things is, is I saw I saw a note that said um, with with a lot of a lot of stuff being hidden behind software walls. Now they're locking out um, mechanics who who would operate on certain or operate who would Mm -hmm. who would, you know, work on certain vehicles. But they can't because they have to buy the licensing fees to be able to access the software. Ooh. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I mean, you're talking for every car manufacturer, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars of fees annually for licensing software to work on these vehicles that very likely change the licensing software all the time. So you can buy the licensing software and then. And then not, I, I I don't I, I it seems like there's a big big problem, but I don't know. <laughs> they're right. Well, it's they're basically making it so that you can't go to just like the mom and pop mechanic mm-hmm. on the corner anymore. Like this is yep. a specialized thing; they won't and be able to afford to buy licensing fees for a dozen different companies. Yeah, that's why you know, because you're, Tesla you're doesn't have, to go have to the dealerships themselves. 
and Tesla, Tesla specifically, anymore. but yeah, there are a lot of other manufacturers that that's pretty shitty, man. Um, and then also, you know, mom and pop on the corner who you take your, you've been taking your car to forever. How are they going to, you know, you have to learn this software for every car, not only buy it, but you have to learn how to deal with it and get around it. Uh, yeah. And it sounds, it sounds like he bought it with the features in place. It sounds like he can take the car back. Yeah. Take the car back. Should I be mean, I would, I would say that you would be able to take the car back to the dealer. Or just tweet Elon Musk till you get a response. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that sounds like something Elon Musk would hear about and be like, just fucking turn it on. Like, you know, he don't give a shit. His stock's doing well. He's got a kid on the way. He just put out a dance single. DJ Elon Musk and shit. Yeah, that, yeah. Hey, Elon, if you're listening, man, come on, help this dude out. Yeah, Elon. His, especially since it seems to be so easy. Someone's just got a button. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's on there. It's on. You put a fart feature in your cars. Just turn that on. <laughs> That's the only reason I want a Tesla. To drive so people around and be like, no, you like can set it up to where it'll like fart from a speaker. <laughs> and you can just be like, hey, who farted? And they're like, I didn't fart. And you're like, yeah, you did. And it's funny. Does it add a smell I, to it, too? I, I just don't so. know that I like the idea of them being able to to remove features from my vehicle after I've already like purchased it. In your car. Yeah. At all times. Yeah, I hear that. So, Event Horizon, the film that came out on August 15th, 1997, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, the husband of one Mila Jovovich, and they just welcomed their third child. So congratulations, Mr. Anderson. Congratulations! Because we all know that Elon Musk and Paul W.S. Anderson listen to the Give Me Five podcast. Of course they do. (laughs) The movie stars Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. And if you write out Lawrence Fishburne on a computer, it looks like it says Fishbum, which is really, really funny. Uh, There are some other people in the film that uh, Laura Dern. That's not Laura Dern. Oh, what's her name? That is um, Jolie something or other. It is. It is not. But yeah, I, I thought that for the longest time. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was looking this up, I was like, what? That's not Laura Dern. But, <laughs> God, yeah. It really looks like her. It though, sure does. It? Yeah, it really does. That is. Um, I'll find that. Jolie Richardson. Yes. It also stars. Um, yeah. Catherine Quinn. Yeah, Jason yeah. Isaac. Yeah. And who who is Jason Isaac? DJ. No, I, I I know, but who? How would other people know who he is? He has also been in uh, Soldier. Stop. And, the, the, the the most um, famous role that he was in. Scoob. Oh no! Wait, he was Harry Potter. He was. Um, nice. He was Malfoy. Yeah, Malfoy. Thank you. He was Draco's dad. Uh, Draco's yep. dad, ladies and gentlemen. If you are Draco's a dad. if you're a Harry Potter fan, then you will love yeah. Event Horizon. Maybe not. Yes. I don't know. Uh, the, the movie, uh, let's see. So it um, in the year 2047, a deep space crew aboard the Lewis and Clark respond to the distress signal of 
from the event horizon, a ship lost, uh, thought to be lost in space for the last seven years. Uh, and then it just suddenly shows up. So this crew has been pulled off of whatever they were doing. They're not happy about it. They have a uh, kind of a not a stowaway, but uh, Sam Neill, he plays Dr. Weir. He was the person that built the event horizon. And he mm-hmm. is now uh, kind of an unwanted presence on the ship. Um, so they go and, and find it and um, all hell breaks loose. I think all hell was breaking loose before they got there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, boy. We will talk about that scene very shortly. Um, there's a lot and, of interesting stuff about this one. And and how great. I, I I just would like to take a moment to recognize the wonderful naming of the two ships in this in this movie. Because how great of a name is the Lewis and Clark for like an exploration and rescue ship? Fantastic. I loved it. And then, of course, the Event Horizon is just sounds awesome. Oh, so in Event Horizon, um, I found this out while I was in physics class, and it just made mm-hmm. it even cooler. Mm-hmm. In Event Horizon is a the- theoretical boundary around a black hole beyond which no light or other radiation can escape. It is the point of no return. Um, that's just fucking badass. I mean, mm-hmm. for and and. Uh, symbolically and in you know different ways that we'll we'll get to about this movie just uh, i mean it's this movie was a flop a yeah. huge huge flop yeah like, like and that many was when they first come out yeah it's very unfortunate um that year it was not directly up against but it was up against uh titanic the fifth element men in black air force run and greg's favorite movie of all time the full monty did you say air force uh, there you run? go i did say <laughs> air force run but i was just gonna move past it um thanks for calling him out thanks buddy <laughs> You're not, you are that's not, the, uh, be, this is your event horizon. That's the, the air force run that the president from the Flintstones uses. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is. Uh, so and I, I yep. feel like, I feel like sci-fi horror just doesn't get enough love. So the, uh, when these movies come out, they just don't get the recognition that they deserve or, yeah. or they close their fucking studio down. Visceral games. Assholes assholes yeah dead space borrowed so much from this movie oh that was such a good series but anyway uh yeah a commercial flop it made just under 10 million its opening weekend it had a 60 million dollar budget i think um its total sales at the box office only came up to 26.7 million which is really really unfortunate uh the movie was in development hell for a little while um at test screenings, people were fainting, <laughs> and and this is, I mean, whatever. Like, who cares? What, what are you like getting in a bunch of moms and dads in there to watch it? Uh, people were fainting at the the flashback scene to uh, what happens in a in a certain point of mm-hmm. the film. Um, so they took that and said, oh, well, it's too violent. And, you know, you're you're beating up your viewers. And <laughs> they, had, they had a bunch of uh, they had a bunch of like uh, church moms and bake sale moms and shit. Right. Watching this movie. <gasps> oh, 
Yeah, it, it, which is really unfortunate. The original cut of the movie was quite longer than than it was. Um, Paul W. Anderson was was told to cut the nasty bits from it, and um, we we unfortunately have not seen those um, parts. I want I want a director's cut. Now, there's some. Um, misinformation about that there's it, it's a lot of hearsay um things tend to happen when we talk about them on the podcast um, it's so weird freaking rad is getting remade yeah or not remade but remastered yep rad and we just talked about that it's hilarious <laughs> so hopefully uh, uh we will um it kind of will this into existence there's uh lloyd levin the producer of the film allegedly has a, a VHS, this like only copy, and it's like poor video quality, uh, allegedly again. But um, I tweeted him and I said, "Hey, sir, please go check out your old VHS tapes." So we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, God, we'll we'll see that one day because I think specifically um, the scene at which they have a vision of what happened to the crew aboard the event horizon mm-hmm. uh, was a lot longer. That was handled by the second unit director um, who was told, okay, well maybe that's too much, but he did it anyway. So at parts during that, um, the, he actually hired adult film stars and amputees um, to Push was going for it. He (laughs) went for it. (laughs) Yeah. And absolute realism. He's going for that. Yeah. He, he hired adult film stars to make the, um, the pegging. Yes. Uh, we'll go with that. There's, you can actually see it in that scene. If you, if you slow it down, there's a a guy with his hands up against a console and someone is, um, inserting a wrench or a pipe of some sort into his behind. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Um, things that one might expect to see in hell, you know, because, uh, spoiler alert, that's where the ship went. Um, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, what are your initial impressions, guys? I know we kind of got a little far into it, but uh, uh, what do you? What was the first time you saw it? What did you think the first time? Was it as good this time around? Uh, Curl, why don't you go first, sir? I know I saw it when it first came out, but I couldn't tell you if that was like in the theater or like mm-hmm. when it first came to video because I, I know I saw it way back. Um, but no, I loved this it. Would be a blast to see in the theater. Oh God, yeah, it would be. Um, yeah. But no, I always really liked it and enjoyed it because, you know, I mean, obviously it's just my type of movie. Get some sci-fi, got yep. some horror. But I always thought the um, that scene that they cut down should have been longer. Mm. Like, it always seemed like there should have been a little bit more to really drive home that it's, it went to some terrible place. Yeah. And and brought, brought back some terrible things with it. Rob, yeah. how about you, sir? Um, like Kerwin, I'm not sure when it was that I actually saw it. I don't know if I saw it when it was originally released or if mm-hmm. I didn't see it until it was released on video. As from when I first saw it, I loved it. I thought it was a great, great example of sci-fi horror. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. And one of the things that really stuck with me 
from the first time I saw it is this this movie by far has my absolute favorite rationale or explanation reasoning, whatever you want to call it for faster than light travel. Yep. And, and I absolutely, because, you know, you hear all the time that it's impossible to go faster than the speed of light. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It, you, you know, the laws of physics don't allow it. And yep. And <laughs> the way that they describe this, you're like in the movie, Holy shit. They figured I'm it like, out. I'm like, oh my god! If we could figure out how to do that, that would friggin' work. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and basically, basically what they do, I'll, I'll give a quick explanation yeah, just so people know what I'm talking about. Basically, what they do is you take a flat plane, so say like a piece of paper, and they have the gravity drive from the event horizon. It's it, well, they have the 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 engine that powers the ship is called a gravity drive, and it uses basically the power of a black hole to warp and fold time space. So you take the paper and it warps time space and folds it over on itself. And then it creates a hole for the ship to pass through so that when gravity or when, when it unwarps space time, you're on the other side of the hole on the other side of the galaxy. Sounds feasible. You, know, you, you pass through the gateway and then gravity re uh, undistorts itself return or, you know, Space-time undistorts itself, returns back to normal, and then you're on the other side of the gateway, which is on the other side of the galaxy. And I'm like, man, that that is a really, really creative and ingenious description for how faster than light travel could be accomplished. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, this movie wouldn't have been as scary as I think it is if uh, if they had put some teddy bears on the gravity drive. Uh, maybe painted it a different color because that thing looks hmm. fucking dangerous. There's like yeah, spikes does. coming out of it. And stuff. Yeah, it Why does. did the doors have spikes in the doors when it's closed? <laughs> I don't know. Was, was, no, that, I don't know. was that part of the know. ship before or was that part of the hell ship? Like, I, I, I think it was just so it would look cool. Somebody got hold of the ship when they were designing it and they're like, you know what would be badass? None of the other doors had that. It was just the, the ones at the gravity drive. And also, did you? This did would you be notice, so metal. Did you guys notice? And I don't remember noticing this, but I saw it this time that the hallways mm. were shaped like a coffin, like the yeah. mummy style coffin. I did not, um, but I, I can almost assure you that was done on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I will say mm-hmm. from this viewing, one of the things that I completely overlooked the first time and and i'm not even going to say that i forgot about it because i completely overlooked it i don't remember ever thinking this and maybe it's just because i'm old now but i was like jesus this guy's a total dick (laughs) the professor i'm like yeah and it's and it's not yeah and it's not like i mean he's he's like i'm the smartest guy in the room and everybody's just stupid you couldn't possibly be blah 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 yeah he did that a lot and and then his layman's terms explanation was like still yeah and the thing that had me doctor the thing that had me screaming at the television was cooper the Mm -hmm. the rescue guy came and got justin after he'd been been sucked into the gravity drive or whatever and he was catatonic and is describing exactly what happens when the gravity drive is open and functioning. And the scientist says, 
oh, well, no, that couldn't, you couldn't possibly have seen what you think you saw because that would mean that the gravity drive was open and that, you know, there's safety precautions in place, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, then how in the hell did he describe exactly what it looks like, you dipshit? How would he know? I'm like, (laughs) how did he know exactly what it looks like if it didn't friggin' happen? And and I believe he he gets really pissed and he starts to really lay into weird and something to the effect of that's what I fucking saw. Like, you know, and he gets held back by the, uh, by the captain, Lawrence Fishbum, Lawrence Fishbum who holds him back, uh, you know, basically says, be nice to our guests. Uh, even though baby bear, God, the baby bear, mama bear thing. Uh-huh. Uh, that made it, A little creepy. it made it, that made it harder. I think, um, so uh, this movie has not received uh very high marks from critics. Um we all know how we feel about these critics. Here we are three guys who very much enjoy this film. But mm-hmm. if you go if you if you trust Rotten Tomatoes for uh what movies you you should watch, you'd probably look at this one on there and go, "Oh no, I'm I'm good." Uh the audience score is 61%. That's based on 67,000 ratings. Uh, the tomato meter, whatever the fuck that is, total count is at, it's of 74 is at 27%. Um, some of the glowing reviews for this movie from, uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum, a top critic at the Chicago Reader, simply says, the pits. Um, Kenneth Turin, Los Angeles Times, says, director, to defend your opinion there. The, Director Director Anderson gets points for skillfully choreographing all of this, but he loses them for a consistent desire to brutalize the audience. Uh, I I thought Anderson did maybe if you're a bitch. Yeah, I thought Anderson did a pretty good job. <laughs> I thought he did excellent establishing yeah. where the event horizon's gone and what happens. So. Uh, the Lewis and Clark meets up with the event horizon. Uh, they end up getting stranded on the event horizon. Um, yeah. A ship that is seemingly alive. Because Weir is losing his friggin' mind. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, I love I love this this uh, review from Stephen Hunter from Washington Post. They were just <laughs> calling him out. Says this the movie is very loud. It is pointlessly loud, arbitrarily loud, assaultively loud. All right. Good job, <laughs> asshole. Was that the whole review? That's all that's showing right here. I'm sure yeah. he wrote more, but this is just like the IMDB where they kind of show snippets of it. Turn down your hearing aid, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, that's the point that it's supposed to be loud. That's what the jump scares work. And that's, you know, not to mention they're in a loud, echoey ship. I mean, that's part of the I, atmosphere of it. I think the only crew member that we see on the event horizon that's remained is the body of a frozen crew member. Yeah. And that <laughs> that so awesomely gets shattered yeah. into a million pieces when they turn the gravity back on. <laughs> like, oh, well, there's no coming back from <laughs> that. We're not dissecting that one. Yeah. Um, when the crew of the Lewis and Clark finally discovers what happened to the previous crew, people at this point are already having hallucinations they they're stuck on the event horizon they're running out of oxygen uh they have a certain amount of time to get back and 
get out of there, but um, people are dying. Um, they are seeing things that are driving them to commit suicide or seeing things that are driving them mad. And once mm-hmm. that scene in question uh, that we've, we've talked about is, is shown um, there are God pick, pick out what you see in there. There are people on pikes. Um, there dude pulls his own eyes out. Yeah. Guy pulls his own eyes, eyes out. Uh, uh, another crew member is stabbed through the back of the head. Um, there is, you know, the, the man being assaulted with a metal object. Um, there, somebody is drilling, uh, into their own teeth. I mean, it's complete chaos and it's, it's, uh, and can I, can I just say that I absolutely loved the first time I saw this, it was one of the things that stuck with me as well, that I absolutely loved the whole listening to the audio recording Mm -hmm. and hearing the guy saying liberate may and which in Latin, I guess, translates to save me. And then later on in the movie, as they're finding out where the ship has been and what's been going on, the guy who speaks Latin says that he thinks he translated it wrong. And he plays the clip again and he says, I thought it said liberate me, but what he's saying is liberate tuta me, which translates to save yourself. And it was, it, it was kind of cheesy, I guess on my part, but I thought it was like a really powerful scene. I mean, I got chills when I heard it the first time Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, Holy shit, this, this has gone bad, dude. <laughs> you need to get the hell off this ship. What? Yeah, it was I I I really liked that that twist and I I mean I know it's not anything big, but that was one thing that I re- that was one of the big things I remembered from this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um man, I I really hope we do eventually see a director's cut because there is a scene in there that after Weir has uh his skin has started to crack and he's started to become this he's he's possessed uh basically um the whole crew is is starting to get possessed and uh we're as the creator of the event horizon i think is the embodiment of it um there's a scene where he cuts dj open and he hangs him from the ceiling um that part was explained much further because it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. If you think about it, Weir just comes in, throws DJ down on the table, cuts him open. Well, when he pulls his shirt open, there's a long scar going down the center Mm -hmm. of his chest from a previous operation. And what Mm -hmm. was explained in more detail is that, uh, DJ's greatest fear was being, uh, having an autopsy done on him while he was alive. Okay. So that explains that a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just stuff like that. But why did he spend all that time it, stringing him up over the top of the very, <laughs> very gruesomely? Does the whole because um, it's cool uh, spread eagle the 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 whole spread eagle display of the body? Yeah, because he was a um, a demon at this point at, at this point, and it was cool looking. Yeah, basically, That's basically why. hangs him up, splits his splits his chest and stomach open, and pries his ribs apart so that they're out like wings and and crap, and it b- spills his entrails and everything down onto the exam table. It's very very gruesome, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my god, what? 
And then the other question, the other question I had is like, how the hell did he have time to do all that? Yeah. Because the whole time um, I mean, the, uh, yeah. Miller's like running up, up there to the room. So he yeah. must have like yanked that needle and thread real quick and goddamn seamstress in there. Lawrence Fishbum got there real quick. He did. And how good was he in this movie? Oh, he's very good. Uh, two years later, he would go on to uh, have the role of his lifetime as Morpheus from Morpheus. The Matrix. But I, I, th- I think the role of his lifetime was definitely Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Curtis <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, from Pee-wee's play. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I just remember watching this movie. I was like, man, it, he's a good captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's trying to hold his career together. He's trying to save everyone, but he's very sensible. Mm-hmm. There's, they don't make a lot of dumb decisions in this movie. No. Um, there are the influenced decisions. There are the right. things where you could go, come on, you know that's not real, but they're fucking possessed. This ship's been to another dimension and it's been to hell for all intents and purposes. And, you know, the, uh, one of the crew members, she starts seeing her son. And you mm-hmm. go, there's no way your kid's on that ship. There's no way. But she, she follows the kid and she falls to her death in the gravity drive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, Justin, Justin, baby, baby bear. bear. He uh, he wanders into the airlock because he's not himself. You know, after yeah. and sets it to open. Yep. And this this is the scene that I asked you about, where uh, Miller's out there. He's trying to help repair the uh, Lewis and Clark, um, and it's just a really cool, really tense scene. Justin comes to his senses and he's like, "Open the fucking door." Like, we can't. You locked it. Dumbass. Yeah, he's like, no, Mama Bear, open the door. Mama Bear, open the door. And Miller's out there and he goes, you know, uh, he starts to experience the effects of uh, the decompression. Decompression. Yes, thank you, sir. I I would have got there eventually. Uh, (laughs) Probably been much, much later. So thank you. And Fishburne says, you know, let all the air out of your lungs, ball yourself up into a ball. Basically, make yourself as small as possible and get all of the air out of you. Um, Rob, I, I asked you if that would have bought him some time, um, if that would have worked. I I mean, while the vacuum mm-hmm. would be a huge problem, one of the other huge problems that they don't really even talk about or address is the sub-zero temperatures of space. Right. And I mean, he would have frozen. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know how long an actual living organism could survive in the blackness of space. I don't think it's very long mm-hmm. at all. And I think part of the problem is the temperature yeah, or absence thereof. Yeah. yeah. But he, he got him back in there pretty quick, mm-hmm. but like, I agree. Like, I don't know how long you could really be out there. Would just that few seconds be enough to kill him or would that I guess few seconds would have been enough? Because <laughs> we, we need realism in our demonic possession. We're going to book movies. a flight on SpaceX and then push Jimmy out the window when we're up there. I'd be like, hey, I'm in space. I don't give a shit. Um, but I have too much to live for. Um, we're, I mean, we, we've talked about it. Uh, the ship itself 
becomes alive and and possessed. Weir, he is also possessed. They have a pretty awesome showdown between Weir and uh, and Miller. Um, this, yeah, the movie is loud. I mean, Kerwin, you just got a, a badass new sound system, and <laughs> that's why that that's probably why that review stuck out to me because I was like turning that yeah. shit up. I was like louder. <laughs> Come on, I want to feel this in my sphincter. Yeah. Um, it, it is a film, (laughs) yes, uh, it's a film that, um, the electronic act orbital was going to score the movie. I believe they ended up working with the, the, um, sound department on it, but not doing it exclusively. I, I thought sound wise, production wise, the movie was fantastic. Yeah. Um, had a lot of chances to be bad. Um, the the opening scene, I was telling Kerwin, and I know you'd seen it before, but I know you got a new TV and a new sound system. Uh, the CG doesn't hold up all that great. No, not <laughs> There's really. a scene in the very beginning where things are, are flying by and actually a, another bit of an Easter egg, um, that watch that flies forward was the actual, it's the watch that uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin wore. On their space flight. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is a very, very, and their, their moon landing, um, which is a very cool nod. I mean, a lot of opportunities to be bad. Some of the practical effects still look pretty good. Um, I would say they're, they're not perfect. Um, but overall, man, it's a bloody, violent, fucking, probably the most, well executed sci-fi horror film that I've ever seen. Yeah. And I love the, the supernatural like mystery stuff where you're like trying Mm -hmm. to guess what's going on and things are just jumping out and creeping you out. And you know, I I love that, that atmosphere when they do it right. And it's done right. And everything that happens makes sense. Yeah. And, and for to go and read about this and people are, people have never heard of it or, they're like, uh, it really wasn't that great. And I'm like, no, fuck you. This movie was phenomenal. Yeah. Now, and one of the things that, that also doesn't quite stand up to the test of time, of course, mm-hmm. and this is not something that they can really do anything about. It's the technology. You know, they have to kind of base it yeah. on what they have at the time. And of course, this was made in the mid nineties and they're like, you know, still using CDs in the future in this one. Oh, Whereas yeah. now we, we <laughs> but, uh, but also that being said, I, I do appreciate the 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 sci-fi movies that go a little less high tech yeah. with their with their space vehicles because if you look at the inside of the Lewis and Clark there's a lot of like analog button pushing and there's stuff like that There's a lot like of that. analog and, and then there's a lot of like flat screen. I think for the most part they have a pretty good mix of it all. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it it does have a a rustic I hate to say feasible, but a rustic feasible look to it. Um, you can look at this and, you know, 20 years from now, when our technology is even better, you can look back at this and say, OK, well, yeah, that's that's a spaceship. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 how one person would per, or could perceive a a spaceship in in the distant future. Yeah. You know, it's so I, I I like that they that they made it feasible by going a little bit less. high. Yeah, because some of that stuff I find to be realistic. And, and very cool. But it's just like some of the things that they don't see is going to change, like using the CD 
and some of the the view mm-hmm. screens, you know, and computer graphics that they have, you know, that sort of thing. Even like I uh, recently yeah. recently watched uh, Alien again, and you know the computer stuff they have on that when he's like talking to the computer. I'm like my God, this stuff is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has yeah. like the worst computer voice <laughs> and trying to answer his questions and stuff. Yeah, uh, it it didn't it didn't try and fuck around too much with that, you know, kind of future stuff with trying to do holograms and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It, it was, it was pretty, yeah, pretty slapped together, man. The, uh, the Lewis and Clark. And how know, big was the event horizon, by the way, that thing massive. was huge. You know, I forgot yeah. how big it was. Cause the Lewis and Clark rolls yeah. up to it. And then they have that shot of like the Lewis and Clark is just a blip. It's next tiny. To it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah it's so small. Uh, and they built that thing in secret. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> Palpatine had a so, fucking secret space fleet. So, in answer to your question, yes, Jimmy, sir. what would happen to the human body without a spacesuit? Mm-hmm. If you went into space without a spacesuit, whatever you do, don't hold your breath. The vacuum of space will pull the air from your body. So, if there's air left in your lungs, they will rupture. So he was right without in air in your lungs. Breathe it all out then. Right. Without air in your lungs, blood will stop sending oxygen to your brain. And everything I see says that the that the human body could survive about 15 seconds. So uh, that, that scene. About what he was there. That's. Yeah. At most, an astronaut without a suit would last about 15 seconds before losing consciousness from a lack of oxygen. That's how long it would take the body to use up the oxygen left in the blood. Hmm. So now this is all from Google. So take that with whatever grain of salt you want to, but water and dissolved gas in the blood forms bubbles in the major veins, which travel through the circulatory system and block blood flow. After about one minute, circulation effectively stops. The lack of oxygen to the brain renders you unconscious in less than 15 seconds, eventually killing you. So the cold isn't the first problem. It's the, uh, no, you'll lose consciousness and then you'll freeze, but you'll probably be dead before you freeze. Uh, so, you know, they did their homework. Um, I think you're you're going to have a hard time finding things wrong with this movie, which just blows my mind how so many more people haven't seen it and don't enjoy it as much as we do. If you if you like sci fi horror, this is this is one of the best. I mean, I would certainly recommend checking this out. If you enjoy sci fi horror, definitely give Event Horizon a watch. Yeah. Kerwin, what do you say? Absolutely. It's yeah. <clears throat> it's worth many watches. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um in two years it will be the twenty fifth anniversary of this movie. Um oh, wouldn't ooh, that be nice? Director's Cut, yeah, they're secretly working anniversary. <laughs> maybe hopefully Mr. Levin finds that tape. Um because this was a time where things weren't stored digitally on backups, you know, they were, they were transitioning and, um, like the Lewis and, uh, well, no, that was the event horizon. Like the event horizon, they had 75 disc drives. <laughs> uh, that part just makes me chuckle because <laughs> who would have known, but still, um, that that footage thought to be lost. Well, we're we're just gonna put it out there and will it into it in, in, into existence. Um, I don't think a Blu-ray has been released for this. I don't think anybody's touched this movie in a very long time. Um, it did better on DVD than it did in the theaters, mm-hmm. and 
I I own it on DVD. I have. I have. Um, this is a movie like Robot Jacks, where you can find a copy on Blu-ray for about 70 bucks. I actually own it on DVD. On Blu-ray. I, I might. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can find it. I, I have bought this so many times from Movie Stop, RIP, um, for like three or four bucks. But mm-hmm. yeah, there, a Blu-ray copy will set you back because there aren't many. Uh, but hopefully in two years, we will see one. So, um, I, so our question, yeah, I'd Jimmy. love to see a theater run. I'd love to see this at the NZN. But oh, yeah, God, I was just going to say that. That would be so great. God, we, we got to keep an eye on that, man. And, and hopefully guys, maybe even suggest yeah, it. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully guys, even if we, um, if we don't see a, uh, a director's cut of this, hopefully we will see it at Halloween Horror Nights. One of these days. Ooh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because it would that'd make awesome. very well for it. So, yes, sir, go ahead. So the question, yes. should this should this get a remake? No, it should get a remaster and a director's cut. Okay, but no remake? <laughs> you don't think it could benefit from updating the, the special effects and the CG? I don't know, because like there, there's movies like Pandorum that are very similar to it. In, Which in is a fantastic ways. film. Oh, I totally forgot about that one too. Another great uh, sci-fi. Yeah, and it's another one where they wake up. It's mysterious. They don't know what's going on, and you know they come Mm -hmm. up from their their stasis and trying to figure out. And and there's creatures and all kinds Mm -hmm. of crazy shit happening. And um, you know, I I don't know. I think Event Horizon stands pretty well on its own, just the way it is. And if they try to remake it, it would seem kind of redundant when you have some other good ones already made that are similar enough. I think eventually, um, eventually it could could go for a remake. But those, you know, the people who are in the movie are still relatively young. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill. I mean, they're still alive and kicking. And I would hate to see this mm-hmm. movie come out and suffer for updating with younger actors. Because these these guys were pretty established already when Event Horizon came out. Um, eventually, I'd like to see a director's cut first. What do you think? I'm I'm torn because it is it is a great movie in its own right, and it I think it still stands mm-hmm. up. There are some there are some dated aspects such as the special effects and the CG and stuff like that. If we, I will make the caveat where if someone were to remake it, I would very much like to see an extended version of the movie where we get a better look at Dr. Weir's descent into madness. Because Dr. Weir was the one character that I didn't feel was actually possessed or misled. I thought that he kind of, was like going along with the he, shit. He definitely and embraced that, the the madness. Yeah, and the, yeah for and the sure. Session. And 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 I would I would like to see a little bit more of Doctor Weir's descent into madness. I think that would that would add to the movie as opposed to take away from it, and it might justify actually doing a remake. True. Yeah, I like your idea, sir. And that brings us to a, another question. Ooh. That's going to be our question of the week. 
And what is our question? Our question of the, of the week, week is what are your top five possession movies? So not to be confused with haunted house movies, I would say, where um, a whole house is possessed. Yeah, but see, I I, I feel like that's because in Event Horizon, it's the ship it's the ship possessed. And it's Weir. Mm-hmm. Well, but see, like I just said, I don't feel that Weir was actually all that possessed. I felt he just embraced what the ship was presenting him and had this descent into madness. So I'm not I'm not convinced that Weir was actually possessed because he was having he was having psychotic breaks before he even got near the ship. Remember, he was seeing his that wife. That is true. So I'm not saying that he was actually possessed. I just feel that he was just devolving yeah. and embracing his creation. Yeah. Even where it went. So I'll go ahead and start. Uh, we'll see if there's any overlap in our lists. Um, I'd be remiss if I did not include my number five. It's not my favorite movie in the world, but it is the movie that uh, had a pretty significant cultural impact. And that's The Exorcist. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not my favorite movie, so it doesn't make it higher. Uh, number four, Evil Dead. There's mm-hmm. a, a a force in the the woods. <laughs> I love Evil Dead. Yeah, too. Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, even even the remake. I liked. Um, actually, that was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. My number three is going to be Paranormal Activity. Um. You didn't like it? Uh, fuck no. no. That was a terrible love. I hated it. I loved it. Hated it. Hated it. Not not only because it was found footage, and I hate oh, those found footage movies. I think it's I think it's fucking lazy. Yeah. Um I think I think it's lazy directing and lazy filming. I hate found footage movies. But <clears> the 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 male character in that movie was so over the top with just how stupid he was. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, come on, who the, what you're, you're afraid of stuff. Oh, I'm going to go get a Ouija board. Let's do a seance right here in the fucking living room. I'm like, are you serious, dude? Yeah. Come on, uh, man. I loved Don't it. be a dick. No, I, it was My terrible. number two is a film that not a lot of people have heard of or seen. It's called Exorcismus. Um, you may be able to find it on, on Netflix. A, a young girl is, is possessed and they go through the whole like, Oh, you know, you're not possessed. You just have, you know, she's really, really possessed. And, uh, it's a, a very good film worth checking out. My number one movie is going to be Event Horizon. Um, actually, I have another list prepared, prepared and I almost read my number one from that and it wouldn't have made any fucking sense, but I'll get back. I'll get to that. Uh, after you guys go with yours. So who would like to go next? Don't everybody uh, volunteer once. All right, I'll go. Um, I actually didn't get a chance to put these in any sort of order. So That's all right. Um, Constantine. Very good. I actually, I, I know a lot of the criticism from that one, especially because it's based off comics and it's quite a bit different. Doesn't play, take place in London. He's not blonde, all that, all that stuff. But I thought the movie itself was just really enjoyable. Um, I, I enjoyed the movie as well. Um, and then I've got uh, Idle Hands. You guys remember that one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes I did. It's such a dumb movie, but I just always enjoyed it. I always enjoy the crap out of that movie. And and even though the possession is only in his hand rather than his yeah. entire body. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Evil Dead. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Very good. Was a pretty okay. classic exorcism movie, but just Jennifer Carpenter's whole performance in that was so perfect and just eerie. Um, and then The Taking of Deborah Logan. Have I seen that? I think I've hmm. seen that. I completely That's the one where that. it's 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 the old woman with Alzheimer's. And so they're filming her as like a documentary of like the descent of Alzheimer's kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And but then mm-hmm. shit starts happening. Yeah. And so they're not sure if she's losing her mind or if she's possessed and then, you know, obviously by the end you figure out yeah, she's possessed the whole time cuz it gets pretty horrific. But um yeah, that was a really Really good one. Just kind of a slow burn for a little bit, and then it kicks it up. And Nice. Very good list, sir. Very good. Excellent. Rob, Excellent. how about you, sir? Um, I'm, I'm going to start my list with an honorable mention. <laughs> one, because it's not a movie, and two, because it's a TV series that I've watched a lot of, and they've had so many, so many incidents of possession in the, uh, in the series, and that's going to be nice. Supernatural. But at my number five, uh, I'm probably going to do the same thing that Jimmy did. I've got to win any list about possession movies would be would not be a valid list if it didn't include Exorcist somewhere in there. I, I really feel like we can't exclude it because it's one of the one of the first big movies that I can remember that actually did possessions. And on top of that, if you go back and you get hold of the director's cut. Yeah. And you see some of the stuff that I mean, there is still if you watch that today, there is still a couple of scenes Whoa. that I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The scene, the scene where she comes down the stairs backwards on her hands, oh, yeah, and, the, the you crab know, walk. like crab walking yeah, down the yeah. stairs. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I just got the weirdest chill. I don't like. It. Oh, it was yeah. so creepy. So so it even even now that what that movie came out in the 70s, was yeah, I think it 76 or something like that? Yeah, even now that movie has scenes that are super creepy. Yeah. So, it, it, no list of a possession possession movies would be complete without The Exorcist on it. So, I'm going to put The Exorcist at number five. At number four, Jimmy's going to love my number okay. four because it was one of the movies that that scared the shit out of me when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Um, and I actually watched it at a birthday party, and. Oh. Everybody was so engrossed in the movie that they didn't see the one person sneaking up behind the whole group of people who then at one of the very tense moments just dropped a doll in some girl's lap and she freaked the hell out. And that's going to be child's. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So child's play is my number four. Um, My number three is going to be. I I think I'm going to have to go with Oh, this hurts. I'm going to put Insidious at number 3. Okay. I I really really enjoyed Insidious as a movie. Yeah. It didn't quite have the possession aspect. I mean, there there was eventually possession in the yeah. movie. Um but it's had it been a little bit more about possession, it probably would have made it a little bit higher on the list because I think Insidious is a highly underrated movie. Uh, I would agree with that. Yep. It so got, it got Insid- wacky. Uh, there's like it, seven it, of them now, and they're just dumb. But yeah, yeah. yeah but, the, but the original, the original one was absolutely phenomenal. 
Oh, the use of tiptoe through the tulips by Tiny Tim and that gives me chills. So that's going to mean my number two is going to be a movie that hasn't been mentioned yet and surprised me when I saw it. And I am not a huge Denzel Washington fan. Oh, All right. But his his movie Fallen yes. yeah. was excellent. Excellent. And it had a nice little twist at the end that I was like, oh, son of a bitch. So I I really have to go with Fallen as my number two because that was that was a surprise movie for me. And I really enjoyed that. Awesome. One. And Denzel and John Goodman. So if you haven't seen that one, I recommend checking yeah, it that's out. That's a good one. But my but my number one. The absolute best turning of possession into a comedy, and that has got to be Evil Dead. Yes. <laughs> I, I love this movie. It is so cheesy, so hilarious, and possession all over oh, the yeah. place. Everybody it just Everybody gets possessed and he cuts <laughs> off his own hand and his own hand is possessed oh, and it slaps him around. Dude, and I'm like, Oh my, my God. favorite damn part of that. And it's still just one of the greatest, I guess, Easter eggs or little nods in there is when he cuts his arm off or he cuts his hand off mm-hmm. and puts it under the bucket. The last book that he puts on top of it, a call to arms, a, a farewell to arms, a farewell. farewell to arms. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put that at number at number one. I'm going to flip that around. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so. Uh, um, but my favorite mm-hmm. scene and I remember watching I was over at a friend's house and it came on one night. We were doing a sleepover and, you know, we were probably, you know, 12 or yeah. whatever. And we were doing a sleepover and this this movie came on and the scene I remember we freaking lost it because it was the scene where the the demon was coming up from the cellar. They locked the guy in the cellar and the demon comes out of the floor in the cellar. And he's like, I smell fresh meat. Yeah. And then he's crawling towards the guy and he's freaking out. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. And they're like, well, maybe there is something down there. They open the trap door in the floor, which is how you get to the cellar. And the guy comes flying out of the out of the cellar. And then this giant monster pops its head up and they're like, oh, my God. And they slam the, oh, the, they slam the trap door down. <laughs> they slam the trap door down and it catches the monster's head between the door and yeah. the floor. And trying to close the door, the dude is jumping up and down on the trap door to try to get it to close. And the friggin' monster's eyeball just pops out of its head, shoots across the room. <laughs> And you get this first person view like you're the eyeball flying across the room. And there's a girl on the other side of the room who's just screaming, going, ah! <laughs> and the eyeball flies right at her and lands in her mouth and she friggin' swallows oh. it. Guess what? Now she's yeah. possessed. It was hilarious. It was. We died. Man, the first time I saw Evil Dead 2, I was like, oh boy, this movie's going to be scary. And I just remember watching it going, okay, this is scary. This is scary. Holy shit, this is hilarious. <laughs> It was so, hilarious. Yeah. I, the blood baths oh were ridiculous. God. I ah, love that movie. It it's so blood great. coming out. Yeah, great stuff, guys. What did you guys think of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead series? Did you like that? I never finished it. I've no. not seen it. I, knowing, knowing that that it's Ash and that you know everybody around him kind of dies. 
I didn't really want to get too invested in any characters. <laughs> and and I, I mean, I kind of I got, I think, halfway through the season and then kind of lost interest. Mm. I was like, oh. it was overall it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's all on Netflix now. So I'll, and I'll just say not everybody out. dies around it. OK, good. OK. Uh, guys, I've got one more surprise thing in uh, in honor of Greg not being here. I did a list. I uh, don't expect you guys to have one, but I did the top five rappers that I'd like to replace Greg with on the show. Uh, my number five is going to be Killer Mike. Uh, number four, Eminem. I know number that three, is. Lil Nas X. Don't know that. You know, Old Town Road. He's hilarious okay. on Twitter. Uh, my number two is a British rapper by the name of name of Big Nasty. And number okay. one, just because he seems like a super cool guy to talk to, is Post Malone. Cool. Just because why we'll, not? We'll reach out and yeah, see if we can we get will. one of those five to replace him for a week. I'm sure they'll be hitting you guys up. Sure. You're like, oh, God, finally. Someone will know me. So, guys, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod or email us directly at Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. Guys, thanks so much in advance if you for leaving reviews, for rating us highly on, on whatever podcast app that you're you're uh, you're using. It helps us kind of keep our heads above the water. Uh Absolutely. Really and we have a store where you can get some of your excellently branded Give Me Five merch. And you can find all of that at give me five podcast.threadless.com as yep. well. It's all very well made. Go ahead. I uh, yeah, there's some great designs up there yeah. too. So check it out. But we are also an affiliate of Squadcast, and Squadcast is a program that we use to do our podcast. It'll it it's got some great features to it. Super easy to record, super easy to edit, and it does have a a video feature where you can see the people that you're talking to. Now they don't have video recording yet. as part of the as part of the program yet, <laughs> but it is in the works. So if you're at all thinking about starting up a podcast, or if you have one that you want to switch to Squadcast. Check out check out our our website and and click our yeah. link. We get a little ki- we bet we get a little bit of a kickback, but it's it, we wouldn't recommend it if we didn't think it. Yeah, was it's good. it's fantastic. It's you know the reason that we're able to have Kerwin here with us. Um, it's the reason that why we're able to do this from different locations. And now we've mm-hmm. found out tonight by accident. Uh, Holy it's, crap! It's a real game changer. Um, you can send your guests uh, a link and they can open it and join your podcast on their phone. Uh, they can join which from is their phone. Mind blowing. We had no idea. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not supposed to work, but it does. And you can uh, click our, our affiliate link and, uh, and set that up. If you are interested in doing it, like Rob said, find us on our homepage. at gave me five dot com for now. Uh, very soon the website will be functional. It's functional, but it doesn't have all the features quite yet. On behalf of Greg, uh, cool dude. <laughs>